0: smell what they cooking rock talk welcome to rock talk the podcast where a couple of jabronis get to know the movie roles of dwayne the rock johnson i'm jordan rummel joined as always by my good friend and co-host charlie guile charlie tell me what's cooking
1: you know we're back the people clamored they wanted us back we promised we would be back and we broke that promise
0: we broke that well here's the thing we are back it just took us about a month and a half after we posted we would be coming back
1: <laughs> people loved us in death you know it was crazy we were we were like tupac we sold more albums after we people thought we were dead and just like tupac we aren't actually dead we're back <laughs> and
0: back with uh with really really a doozy uh i am so upset that this is the movie that we are staking our our glorious <laughs> return on um if you've stuck with us up until now you might this might be the movie that that finally does it uh, cuz we watched journey to the mysterious island um and it was it was insane can't wait to talk about it but of course Charlie we need to get into our rock news there's a lot of news that has happened over these last few months so charlie
1: let's get to our rock news of the week mazel that's fantastic news the first piece of rock news that we have this week is john krasinski was on ellen and he talked a little bit about working out in dwayne johnson's traveling gym the the famous one they constantly post about on instagram and he called it a spaceship he said that it was Uh, He wanted to work out with uh, Dwayne Johnson to visit his wife on the set of Jungle Cruise. Of course, his wife is Emily Blunt. So he worked out with old DJ and said that there were machines there he has never seen and that it's uh, (laughs) something not like your everyday gym. And that's not surprising to me at all. No, I think that that makes a ton of sense. First of all, I'm so jealous Uh,
0: to get to work out with Dwayne in Dwayne's private portable gym. I mean, that's a freaking dream come true, Um, even though I know I would get in there. No, that's uh, I don't. <laughs> he probably doesn't have weights that go low enough for what I would need. <laughs> that's hey, true. Uh, pass me the 15 pound barbells,
1: <laughs> yeah. What would Dwayne Johnson do with a 15 pounder? Like, nothing that wouldn't, no, not scratch That's back not gonna work for him, yeah. Scratch his back, exactly. Um, but given the opportunity, I absolutely would uh, work out. I think that that would be a lot of fun. Uh, Did you see his post the other day on Instagram where he's like doing dips with a chain around his neck? It's the craziest thing I've ever seen.
0: I can't, it's like, I can't even begin to imagine. It takes me so much time to even think about what I'm going to do at the gym. And here's this guy working out with chains. I mean, he's on some next gym level that I can't even fathom. It's
1: beyond me. Yeah. Well, he's working on that Hobbs and Shaw bod. They're in the middle of production now. So he's got to keep that up. Uh, Another uh piece of news that we have stems from an instagram video apparently dwayne johnson's trainer told him that he needed a carbo load and the way that dwayne johnson did that was with a big old pizza and guess what was on that pizza pineapple so dwayne johnson yes. finally settled the old age-old debate about putting pineapple on pizza i am anti-pineapple on pizza and jordan i have a hard time thinking that you're pro pineapple on pizza i'm pro pineapple
0: give me that sweet and spicy i can't believe that you don't eat this this you're a guy here's a guy charlie guile he's a guy that's been telling me for the last few days about just eating handfuls of gummy worms out the bag (laughs) you're telling me you're not going to enjoy a little bit of that sweetness on your pizza
1: no i no i don't i don't think i like warm fruit but i guess like if you (laughs) slice off a um like a ring of pineapple and grill it i like that but i think it's just on a pizza that there's something about it it's like soggy and it's never as firm as you want it. it. Like it's mushy and gross. Pineapple pizza is basically apple pie with tomato sauce. <laughs> and that's a and positive it's thing awesome.
0: for you? <laughs> And it's awesome.
1: I feel like we've switched roles. Usually I'm like pro whatever the <laughs> weird food is. And you're like, no, that's a texture problem. And I'm telling you, pineapple on pizza <laughs> is a texture problem. Also, uh, what I don't want on my pizza are dates. I had a pizza like a couple Ugh. weeks ago with dates on it. No, thank you. I don't know when you're supposed to eat dates. I, like, what in what a setting?
0: Date? Yeah. Is it like a date? That's different from a fig, right? Right? I don't know. Is it I date?
1: think so. Wow. We really need to bring in a nutritionist. Also, any nutritionists out there, we are really sorry. Apparently, your <laughs> uh, education isn't working very well. Um, thank you, Oklahoma Public Schools. I don't know the difference <laughs> between a fig, a date, Let's go ahead and throw in like a prune. I don't yeah. know They're what prune They're not called is. date Newtons, man. They're called fig <laughs> Newtons for a reason. Oh, that's true. Although a date Newton, maybe it would be okay. I don't know. <laughs> but Dwayne Johnson <laughs> settles the uh, pineapple on pizza debate. And the last piece of news that we have this week is Dwayne Johnson will be attending the wedding of Nick Jonas and Priyanka Ch- Chopra. That'll be a great event. I can't wait to see pictures from that.
0: Yeah, well, you know, thank God. Thank God he's attending. I mean, I know this is something that, you know, the world has been waiting on with bated breath. Will or will Dwayne Johnson not attend? I do want to see his... I know he's going to make GQ's best dressed at this wedding. This is like... Oh. it's a He's primed to get on that list again.
1: For sure, and I know the rule is you're not supposed to look better than the bride, but I don't know how Dwayne Johnson can't look better than the bride. <laughs> These are two people that Dwayne Johnson has shared the screen with, uh, Priyanka Chopra... And Baywatch, of course, and Nick Jonas and um, Jumanji. But uh, I think it'll be a great event. I think the pictures coming from that will be amazing. It'll be a star-studded affair, I'm sure. And Dwayne Johnson is going to be the star on top of that Christmas tree of marriage. Wow. That was the most (laughs) beautiful thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's interesting. I invited Dwayne Johnson to my wedding. I'm not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm single. I'm not getting married yet. But this is just like a, you know, save the date, any date, pick a date, and I will work my schedule around you, Dwayne. Yeah.
0: Just w- Charlie will get married at your convenience. Just yeah. figure it out. <laughs> man. Whatever so date works I, for you. Did did Dwayne Johnson bring them together? Is he like the common link between these two? I mean, is he I, I kind of always separation? Thought,
1: yeah. I kind of always thought that um nick jonas and priyanka chopper sort of like you know I, when would they have crossed paths but you're right maybe they were mutual friends through old dj i don't know maybe i need to read up on some more things but uh most of my celebrity gossip is very dwayne johnson focused <laughs> so i've kind of we see the, the world through
0: a dwayne's
1: filtered lens <laughs> Honestly, the best way to see things. <laughs> um, but before we start talking about this movie, Jordan, how has it been on the break? Are you refreshed and ready to, you know, dive back into the last six movies that we have? Feeling fresh and funky. Um, again, this movie kind of, like, took my high away. Uh,
0: mellowed, harsh my mellow, uh, as it were. But <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling, man. feeling good. How about you, Charlie? How was your break? Well,
1: it, it, it's been good, and I'm I'm upset that we're not going to be able to get malik simmons um as promised on this episode but what we're going to try to do folks is have malik record his own message and we will uh play that on the mini episode and uh, speaking of mini episodes jordan i had an idea for future Mm. mini episodes how about when the titan games start on in the beginning of january january 6th i believe we cover that show like nobody else out there week to week recaps we're gonna you know pick out our favorite athletes and uh, take it from there. I think it'll be a really fun way to sort of overanalyze a show that definitely uh, does not call for analyzation. I love it.
0: I do disagree with you. I think it deserves that diving <laughs> into. I can't wait to pick a winner or winners. I We still don't really know how this show even works. Um, no, besides people are going to
1: be like bloodied and injured, and there's yeah. a tomb.
0: <laughs> there's a tomb, some kind of crag rock. I don't maybe know. Maybe some.
1: Maybe a ghost. I don't know.
0: Well, if there's a ghost, we're not doing it. <laughs> we're not doing it at all. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I can't wait to get into the Titan games. Still better they didn't choose us, but covering it is the next best, best thing.
1: Well, maybe we'll get in on season two.
0: And Charlie, if that's all of our news, that means it's time for Daddy to go to work. Daddy's got to go to work. Today, we're taking a look at Journey to the Mysterious Island. This 2012 action-adventure movie uh, was rated PG, uh, and it was a sequel to an original movie, The Mysterious Journey to the Center of the Earth, starring an entirely different cast of people, um, with with the exception of Josh Hutcherson. This movie stars Dwayne Johnson, as I mentioned, Josh Hutcherson, Michael Caine, Luis Guzman, and Vanessa Hudgens. It was written by Brian and Mark Gunn, whose only writing credit prior to this movie is something called PG Porn, in which they created like a short films based on porn, uh, but didn't have any sex in them. So it was like all the weird things that you expect in porn, like a pizza man at the door, but then just <laughs> ends abruptly without any... Without, like, any resolution. And that was the
1: only – so somebody – some movie executive saw that and was like, you know what? These guys, their next step is family-friendly fun. (laughs) They're ready for America's youth. Um, Yeah, apparently. Um,
0: I don't know what kind of decision this was, but uh, I think you can really see a lot of their influence in the very uncomfortable horny gaze that they give to uh, (laughs) Vanessa Hudgens this entire movie.
1: Yeah, well, I guess so. Some research that you did said that they filmed this in what in 2010 and released it in 2012. Right, they filmed this movie in 2010 uh, and delayed it until
0: 2012, which is a really weird thing for a lot of reasons. But I think Charlie is, as, as you were probably going to, to jump to, that's that puts us in a weird place with like Spring Breakers, um, with a lot of the rocks like action movies, Fast Five, Faster. we're like getting this weird journey to movie, this family friendly thing that would be much more at home in the rocks, like 2008, 2009 years of the game plan uh, and tooth fairy, all those things. We're getting this like smack dab in his action Renaissance. Yeah. Which is pretty strange.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly Um, what I was thinking about, you know, trying to contextualize this movie, which is spoiler, not very good uh, with his (laughs) performance, which is, I think it was sort of maybe the genesis of hubristic Dwayne Johnson. You know how we see him now make some choices in movies where he's trying to be funny or it's like his brand of humor, which it's like, leave the humor to the comedians, Dwayne Johnson, you know? Uh, Right. And and I think you see some of that in this movie, uh, particularly with the peck popping. Uh, I have a feeling that he brought that to set that day and it was real fun (laughs) for all involved um but this movie was also in the renaissance or not the renaissance but in the heyday of 3d movies you know when everyone thought that we'd be watching 3d movies people were selling 3d tvs I, i don't know anyone that has a 3d tv um and this movie was really shot for that so watching it on a 2d tv uh not as enjoyable No, it's
0: nauseating. The amount of things flying at your face the entire time, but like in this weird, like it was so clearly we weren't watching it in its preferred viewing format. Um, Not that I think that it would have made much of a difference. Oddly enough, the director of this movie, this guy, Brad Payton, who hadn't done a lot of things before Journey 2, he had filmed a sequel to that old. Do you ever watch that movie Cats vs. Dogs where they were like, I watched this. I think I went to a birthday party when I was like in the sixth grade. Cats and Dogs. This dude directed a directed TV, a directed DVD sequel to that movie before he did Journey Two. Um, but he went on to direct San Andreas uh, Rampage, and he's already signed on to be the director
1: of San Andreas Two. And so interesting is he also doing Red Notice or is that somebody else?
0: Um, Red Notice. I
1: don't have him on here as doing huh. Red Notice
0: on imdb but he is doing also just cause interesting um it's also listed here well um but so that guy and i mean again he parlayed a move of career in children's movies into huge blockbuster dwayne johnson action uh which
1: pretty cr- crazy transition yeah i mean he's sort of we talk a lot about how dwayne johnson sort of came out of nowhere to take over hollywood but on the director's side on the other side of the camera you got a guy like You know, Brad Payton, who kind of did a similar thing um, and is making money hand over fist, I'm sure. Uh, But when you talk about direct-to-DVD sequels, I could have sworn that a movie like this would have gone (laughs) direct-to-DVD. But, Jordan, this movie made a lot of money, right?
0: It made so much money on a budget of 79 million. This movie took in domestically over a hundred and three million. And around the world, it brought in more than three hundred and thirty-five million bucks.
1: That's a I mean, pretty good this, return on investment.
0: This movie This movie is so bad. Uh when you look at that kind of that kind of profit. I mean, it it is mind-blowing that people that this many people went to go see Journey to the Mysterious Island.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure who were the people taking their kids to that movie because I'm sure there were better ones out there, but maybe it was just the star power of The Rock. But I guess maybe, Jordan, you should give us just like a brief summary of the plot and then we can sort of take it, a, take it apart bit by bit. Absolutely.
0: So I'll do my best here. Again, this is a sequel uh, and we know very little about the first movie. Um, so keep that in mind. Sean Anderson, played by Josh Hutcherson, receives a coded distress signal from an island where no island exists. Knowing that he will not be able to dissuade Sean from tracking the signal to its source, his stepfather Hank joins him on a quest to the South Pacific to find it together. They're joined by helicopter pilot Gabato, played by Luis Guzman, and Gabato's feisty daughter Kailani, played by Vanessa Hudgens, as they set out... To find the island and rescue its sole human inhabitant, who I believe is a relative of Sean's—I don't exactly know um, what—but he's played by
1: Michael Caine. It's his British grandpa, Michael Caine. (laughs)
0: Well, I don't understand. But the (laughs) fact
1: that—I mean, we've seen—we've both seen this movie twice because we were supposed to record this episode a long time ago. (laughs) And we needed a refresher. so. But the fact that we aren't really sure who Michael Caine is in this movie, despite seeing it twice, just shows you how little character development um, there is in this movie. I mean, things get off to a crazy start, and we're suddenly like globetrotting, and we're not sure where we're going or why. Um, But this thing has a Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie trope in that it starts off with a confusing VO. We got that in G.I. Joe... (laughs) We got that in, um, I guess, kind of even more. Southland Moana Tales and so- Oh, well, Southland Tales, yeah. But So <laughs> w- we get this a lot in Dwayne Johnson movies, and I wonder if this is a thing where they shoot the movie, realize how confusing it is, and like, okay, well, we need a VO off the top to sort of set the stage. I think that's probably what happened here, um, and it cleared up exactly nothing for me. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, I guarantee, I mean, the fact that this movie, looking very briefly at what the plot summary of the first movie was, there is like no connection between the two. Like there is no discernible connection other than the fact that this Josh Hutcherson kid is some sort of like adventure child who likes to go on adventures and adventure find Adventure child
1: <laughs> is the greatest band name ever. <laughs> Adventure child. But you're right, because he has like newspaper clippings in his room that um, are stories about him doing these crazy archaeological findings. It's all, I mean, I said this to you off mic, but it's almost like Indiana Jones for tweens. It's like Disney Channel did their own version of it. Um, And I, they did it. It's just such a shell of a movie like Indiana Jones that they even. Dwayne Johnson even makes a joke about why does it like why does it have to be a lizard? Why couldn't it be snakes? Which of course is right. it's you know, the why most it
0: be- on the nose joke yeah. of all. It's just
1: like it's just obvious and awful. But it brings up a good point of like who is Josh Hutcherson's character? Is he a well-known explorer in this community? Because nobody really pretends like they know him. <laughs> the first thing we see is him running from the cops on a motorcycle and crashing it into a pool. But so is he supposed to be like a bad boy, but then he's also a nerd well, because he's right. running around with his Jules Verne books.
0: Right. Well, that's they set it up to make us believe that he's like this rebel, which is kind of, you know, that's interesting that at least I'm kind of on board with. He's there's like I like that they are playing Green Day at the very beginning as he's running away from the cops.
1: <laughs> they spent um, like, like a, a pretty decent portion enough. of the budget just to license that song. <laughs>
0: right. Right. But the, his character becomes so goofy so quickly uh, when he, he finally gets busted by the cops after this, you know, initial meeting the character sequence. He goes to his home and the first thing that he does, keep in mind, it's like midnight. He's talking with his mom, who is Charlotte from Sex in the City, which was a very jarring thing, first of all.
1: I <laughs> Didn't um, make that connection. And Dwayne...
0: And- And Dwayne Johnson, his stepfather, um, and he goes into a room with both of them, takes his shirt off, which is just, it's just, I found it an odd choice, and then goes to his fridge and drinks a Coca-Cola. There you go. Like, that's the first thing he does.
1: (laughs) Nothing like refreshing yourself after a gnarly motorbike session with a nice cold Coca-Cola with the label facing towards the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: And his whole thing is that he's like angry with his dad, angry with The Rock. Like right, that. Right Rock's Rox's
1: stepdad, um, which this is another stepfather character that Dwayne Johnson has played. You know, we we got that in the <laughs> game plan. We got that sort of in um, the Alien movie. Oh my gosh, the one that you like.
0: The Alien, pl- well, um, The Race to Witch Mountain. Race to Witch Mountain, yeah. Or, mm-hmm, he like mm-hmm. sort of
1: plays a pseudo stepfather right. in that. Um, so this is a char- a tried and true character for Dwayne Johnson. And I will say for as bad as this movie is, at least he's trying. Dwayne Johnson is trying, and and so is Michael Caine. I thought Michael Caine like showed up. He probably only shot for like two days on set, but like he's trying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. It's they must have realized what a cash cow this was gonna be, because everyone in this movie is like overacting. But Michael Caine and Dwayne Johnson do actually. There's there's a little bit of like, I don't even. It's not necessarily range. But there's some depth to the role that they're they're performing, so it isn't actually kind of, impressive.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And then you have Luis like, Guzman, who is way over the top in the in a Guzmanian way. Uh, but then you have Vanessa. Hudgens, I hated him. Who, I hated him so. <laughs> he is annoying. Oh my god. So but then Vanessa Hudgens is the exact opposite, and she I don't know if she's like really toning it down to play like the sensible character in in the movie, but she is just stiff as a board. Yeah.
0: Well, it doesn't help that she had give or take like fifteen lines of dialogue in this movie that's true. Uh, and but most, of lot, time, uh, most
1: of the time most time you see her on screen, it's like looking at her midriff or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like her body or like she's crawling out of a cave tunnel and the camera is on her butt. like it's like very and then and then we get a quick reaction shot of Josh Hutcherson, who's like all horned up and, and like <laughs> drooling. Like, it's the weirdest, uncomfortable thing, and this is a PG movie. Has Josh
1: Hutcherson ever seen a girl before? Because he's acting (laughs) as if this is the first human woman he's ever laid eyes on. Um, But anyway, so I guess we should, like, kind of go back to the beginning. So we see Josh Hutcherson on, on the motorcycle, and he's running from the cops because he broke into, like, a a satellite station or a radio station to boost a signal, but we're not really sure, but it leads to this code breaking scene. I guess he got a a piece of a code at the radio station (laughs) and it leads to a scene with him and Dwayne Johnson talking at each other. And I I don't really know how to make heads or tails of this whole uh, scenario. So maybe we should just play a clip from it. Are you serious? You're not messing with me.
0: No, uh, it's what it says. The island is real. I can't believe it. I can't believe somebody actually found the island. What island? The mysterious island. Variants have been looking for this for years. What's the rest of the code say? Child of Steve, born 1883. Born 1883. Child of Steve, child of Steve. Maybe son of Steve? Steven's son. Stevenson! Robert Louis Stevenson. The author. Yeah, but he was born way before 1883. It's gotta be somebody else. Uh, maybe it's not a somebody. Maybe it's a something. What are we looking for? Hold on. Aha! Treasure Island, written by Robert Louis Stevenson in 1883. Alright, what's the next part of the riddle? Alright. The name that's last is going fast. He hitched his tail to. Lemuel's mast. Okay, so his, his last name is going fast. Is he, is he a runner? What if his last name is fast? Uh, uh Fleet, or Quick, uh, Swift. Swift, right? Jonathan Swift. Another author. Writing about another island. So Lemuel must be. Nice, Lemuel Gulliver. Okay, we have three different books. By three different authors. About three different islands. Maybe. Maybe all three books are about the same island. Maybe that's why nobody else has ever found Mysterious Island because they haven't used the other two books.
1: (laughs) So, after all this gobbledygook, (laughs) essentially all you really need to know is that they were able to piece together a map of the island. Um. But a question I had... Okay,
0: that sequence? <laughs> God. I have so many questions. We need so to talk about questions. that sequence.
1: <laughs> because the conversation that Josh Hutcherson and The Rock are having, it's like as if they don't know each other. It's like, oh, I learned no. that when I was in the Navy. Well, like, uh, you, like these aren't really things that you'd be saying to somebody that you knew. But anyway, so apparently Josh Hutcherson's supposed to be like the wonder kid when it comes to adventuring. But he asked The Rock what latitude and longitude are. Right, this kid, this kid has
0: like forty pictures of maps around his room. He's like Mr. Adventure. He's whatever Vernians are. He's all inspired by Vernians. Vernians, but this dude doesn't know the first thing about like actual like reading a map, like the basics, the absolute bare minimum of what of how you like read direction on a map. He has no idea how to do. Um, and also the entire way that they like have this conversation is insane. It's like that weird movie thing where instead of like actually figuring something out, they just are each saying like, here's a clue about the situation. Yes. I agree with your clue. And here's another clue. And like, boom, <laughs> yeah. boom, like, that doesn't happen. So they, the, re- the number
1: oh. one problem I have with the plot of this movie, and it's really, this is a good illustration of that is that there really isn't any conflict that isn't solved immediately. This is kind of the first thing of, oh, I'm trying to solve a code. Okay, well, let me help you. Oh, we solved the code. Uh, later on when they're looking around for the submarine, it's like, where's the submarine? Huh, I don't know. Oh, there's a ladder. Cool. And then when they're trying to jumpstart the submarine, it's like, we can't do it. Oh, what about an electric eel? Cool. Like everything is Boom. solved so quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so uncomfortable. Like there's this movie has no conflict.
1: It was oh, like it was written by God. a robot.
0: Yes, which it kind of was written by <laughs> PG Porn the writers um <laughs> this but this sequence it ultimately ends up we're, granted we are 11 minutes into the movie at minute 12 they then travel to Palau P- Palau Palau where it it's this South Pacific island but we're 12 minutes in they've already figured out like the entire like the whole rising action is now the thrust like the rest of the like, movie
1: exactly but well, we got to get to see Michelle Hudgens in, in a, in a small shirt, you know, I mean, that's uh. that's what people were paying for apparently. Um, but this whole thing, once again, no conflict. Dwayne Johnson says, you can't go to that Island. He goes, well, I, I have to see my grandpa. He's here. And he's like, <laughs> huh? Okay. I'm going to let you go, but I'm coming with you just to prove you wrong. So the reason, the only reason that he's able to go like is so that Dwayne Johnson can prove him wrong. It's, like so weird. it's not really. I kind a of problem. respect
0: that. I respect that this movie's all like out of spite. <laughs> like this Dwayne Johnson's motivated by like an I told you so. Right. Is spite all is very underrated.
1: So yeah. We have that in common, <laughs> DJ.
0: But then they get to this South Pacific Island where they're going to then launch from to find the mysterious island. We then get, like, the first of many uncomfortable moments, one of which is this uncomfortable, very, like, pornographic gaze on Vanessa Hudgens uh, and this very uncomfortable, like, like, hubba hubba, like on the part of Josh Hutcherson and even Dwayne Johnson to an extent. It's kind of weird, but also weird, like, racial undertones. Um Immediately, we run into a tour guide, and they're looking to get off this island, and Josh Hutcherson gives, like, the grossest line delivery to this (laughs) guy that lives on the island that's like, we American, you tour guide, take us on boat. But, yes, and here's the
1: thing, like, and so DJ steps in and says, you know, they speak English here, and the guy does speak English, and it's, it's supposed to be a joke, but, like... Every sign that is on this like tour <laughs> touring dock is in English. There is no right. other foreign language <laughs> anywhere nearby. So it just seemed like uh, like an insane thing to put in. I don't know. Like at least again, have if you're, you're this wonder
0: kid, if you're this kid that like knows everything about the world and exploring and wouldn't, don't you think that maybe on the plane ride there he would have like brushed up on research?
1: the yeah. history
0: of this country or something? Like it's again this we're supposed to believe that this kid is like the best explorer in the world but he can't do even basic things um it's it's really upsetting to deal with
1: <laughs> but anyway so uh they hire Luis Guzman and Vanessa Hudgens's helicopter and they take them to the island but there's a problem they run into a big hurricane and they survive like the most brutal helicopter crash ever <laughs> put on film <laughs> And they are so nonchalant about it. It's like they they wash up on a beach and they're just like, okay, well, what do we do now? Like if this happened to people in real life, you would be like, oh my God, did you you believe this? We don't even have a scratch on us. Vanessa (laughs) Hudgens' ukulele is still intact. Yeah, the ukulele is fine.
0: They are unharmed. And you said it exactly right. This plane crash this movie is is very tame, but this plane crash, this helicopter crash was harrowing. Like <laughs> it's a very upsetting, disturbing scene. If I had a young child at the movie theater, I mean, I had to, I had to turn the volume down. It was upsetting. Um, and they plummet, they plummet. Face, we get like a, a very like, a very first person view of the whole thing. Um, One of my favorite little but things. Again, just,
1: uh, about when they wash up on shore is keep an eye if you're going to watch this movie keep an eye out when they like first like wake up on shore there are footprints all around them in the sand because the <laughs> the production crew must have not like swept the area every new time that they shot new it's like they didn't even bother to do that <laughs> and like Louise guzman just the simple things right there's a joke of he's like oh my gosh my body's been cut in half and it turns out that like his, the middle part of him was uh covered in sand but it's like you could almost make out like handprints that were like padding down the sand yes. around him. Yes. And it's like, come <laughs> on, guys, like put a little effort into this.
0: That was also when I realized that, yes, in fact, we were going to get this level of Luis Guzman the entire movie. <gasps> when he started making, he was screaming. He screamed that joke. It's like a prolonged minute and a half of like, I can't feel my toes. And then, and I'm still in one piece, yay! It's like, oh no, <laughs> don't do this to me. Thankfully, we finally make our way off this beach uh, where we get this, the the actual reveal of the mysterious island. Um, and Charlie, what did you think about the reveal itself? The CGI, for example, the the little elephant that we see, what was your... Um, you know, first reaction to this grand reveal of the m- island that this movie is named, named for.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So I guess part of the plot of this movie is that the island is the same, like the island that was written about in the Jules Verne novel and uh, in Treasure Island and in one other classic book is the same island. They're all talking about the same island and they hid clues in all three of the books. And it's like, Then when we actually get here, it's like knockoff Avatar Land is what it seems like, (laughs) you know. Um, And they do have these tiny elephants, which I thought the CGI was like, you have that like CGI shimmer. Um, Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I I do imagine because when Dwayne Johnson picks up one of these elephants, it does the sort of the, this is a small like problem. But like the physics of everything feel okay, like he was actually picking something up, which like got me thinking, did they just like paint puppies in like green paint <laughs> so that he could pick one up and then they could work it into a elephant later.
0: It had to be some kind of puppy because whatever
1: be. he picked up had the right weight and it was moving around.
0: There's a haunted image somewhere of
1: Dwayne Johnson holding <laughs> painted green dogs on the Seriously. Other... Find it listeners. Where did PETA, where was PETA during the filming of this movie? Um that's, but... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> PETA actually was there. I'm actually glad that you mentioned that. They oh, were, good. Or the Humane Society rather
0: was on set, and no animals were harmed. They actually oh. that's actually a uh, a stated fact on this movie's information page. Okay, so.
1: well I'll believe it when I see it. I, <laughs> I do think that they like blew their money on specific shots and sequences. Like I feel like they spent a lot of money on the hurricane. They spent a lot of money on this first reveal, and then they spent a lot of money on the bee chase. Later on in the movie? Yeah. Oh, Other than geez, that, the, the island scenes seemed like they were shot on a studio or in a studio on like the Gilligan's Island studio. Like some of them were that rinky dink, like especially we haven't gotten there quite yet, but Michael Caine's like treehouse that he made.
0: Oh yeah, sure. That I mean, I, I would be willing to bet that the only shots filmed on location were the ones on that uh, South Pacific Island. Before they make it to the mysterious island. Everything else feels incredibly studio made. Um, which extends, you know, the very next sequence here is this lizard, uh, this lizard chase. And There's a lot of chasing so in much this chasing. movie. Everything yeah. is a chase.
1: Chasing and you don't really ever get an idea of like the geography of this island. Even though there are like a couple of times they show you a map. Uh, they just do a really poor job of like kind of. Showing you where you're going, um, but when Dwayne Johnson is faced with this giant lizard, the line that he says is "There's only one thing left: the Thunder Cookie," and this is the stuff that I think Dwayne Johnson brings to the set. Like, I think these are the, his ideas, yes. and nobody like has the guts to tell him no. And he he punches it. This is yeah, he punches
0: the lizard or attempts to punch it. He like puts his fist up, says the Thunder Cookie. You're right. This is you know we talked about it in Rampage you get the sense you can kind of feel after you've seen enough of these movies, you can feel when a Dwayne Johnson inspired decision was made. Um, and it, it feels, it just lands so yeah. flat. It lands it's the guy so who thinks flat. he's a comedian, especially
1: we love you, Dwayne. Yeah. And stop trying to be. And the,
0: and again, he's not paired up with anyone dynamic. That's part of the problem here. There's no, this is so comparable to Jumanji in the, just the settings that they're in, 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 the group of characters that are moving around the island, um, but he doesn't have a Kevin Hart. There's no. Well, he's Jack got Black. Michael
1: Caine. He's here with Luis Guzmán. You know, Michael Caine. He does Michael have Michael Caine, Caine. is probably yeah. the best actor he's ever been paired with. Maybe Susan Sarandon. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's another one of these things where if you pair him up in a comedy, you need to make sure that he's not making outright jokes. Like the funniest he's been is in Jumanji when he's just playing an earnest 17-year-old nerdy kid or in uh, Pain and Gain where he's just playing a clueless bodybuilder. I feel like he he has to be earnest. If he's making outright jokes, they just don't land. Uh, But we go from the scene and we finally meet Josh Hutcherson's grandfather, played by Michael Caine, and he takes them back to his uh, treehouse or where he's been staying. uh, (laughs) And let's talk a little bit about this treehouse there's a toilet, a full-fledged porcelain toilet. Don't know where he got that from. And there's a sign on the toilet that says, please don't put leaves down the toilet. And there's signage <laughs> all over the place. Who is the signage all for over if he's on this house. island by himself? Yeah,
0: you live alone. You have lived alone the entire time you've been on this island. It would be one. I can see another movie where like he was there with like his partner or, or his wife, and then we have to, like, there's some kind of, like, finding them or doing this for them. Like, there's, like, an emotional depth that would have maybe made a little more sense here. But we just, Michael Caine is living in, like, the McMansion of treehouses, when we have no reason to believe he could uh, build one or, right. cre- you know, install plumbing, like you said. There's. It's, but yeah, another crazy oh. thing
1: is, like... Once again, no conflict that isn't solved immediately. They went there to find his grand the, the grandfather and they find him almost immediately. Immediately. It's like 15 minutes in, uh, we found r- him. Right off the bat, this gigantic island. And he just shows up, just happens to show up. And another line that I thought was funny is like, oh, we might be able to get rescued, but it'll probably take two weeks. And Vanessa Hudgens goes, two weeks? We can't be here for two weeks? Here's the thing. If I get <laughs> shipwrecked on a de- on an island, I think two weeks is like, I can make two weeks work. That's sure, if someone tells world. me
0: that all I have to do is wait two measly weeks, when the alternative is like forever on that island, I mean, two weeks is enough time for one immunity challenge in a game of Survivor. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, there's <laughs> like, that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. Uh,
1: like a like a like a man could do it for two weeks. Not us, but. A man could. No. Oh, yeah, I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression. I mean, I, I couldn't. No the average man could, <laughs> but I, I, could not. Um, but
0: if I didn't have my switch, I wouldn't <laughs> last thirty
1: minutes. Yeah. If you had, if you have Super Smash Brothers on the island, I think I could at least make it ten days. <laughs> um, but I just thought that that was like a weird thing. Like I, I feel like especially if you know for sure you're going to get off the island in two weeks, like you're not going to be that bummed out about it. But then they discover that. Something's happening and the the island is sinking. Oh, we actually find out that this island is also Atlantis, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, this island
0: also happens to be Atlantis. <laughs> um which they which they they reveal also, they discover it in like a matter of seconds. They're like, oh, like this also is the hidden city of Atlantis. And and then the rock, who again shouldn't know this, shouldn't have an ability to do this. He like, you know, puts a cloud on everyone's parade, he's like but you know, uh, the island's gonna sink into the into the ocean in a, in the next like two days because I had just analyzed this salt water. <laughs> yeah, they figure out
1: that it's like there's a hundred and forty year cycle of where this thing is underwater and then it's not underwater. So they just happened to be there during the liquefaction <laughs> phase of this one hundred and forty year cycle. Like that is insane. Also, hundred forty years seems like a weird time. Like why one hundred and forty? Was did they just pull that number out of? out of thin air but anyway so yes right. this island is also uh not just the mysterious island not just treasure island but it's also the isle of atlantis but anyway so they, <laughs> they can't wait two weeks the the entire island will be underwater um in two weeks so they have to figure out another way off the island and they figure out that captain nemo's submarine is there
0: <laughs> but like why but like why do they know this and, and Captain Nemo
1: is from 20,000 leagues under the sea, question mark? Is, y- yes. I, yes. I, I don't know. And, they have to go to the are, Nautilus, though. So and, that's, and, like, we the just, thrust and, of the movie.
0: And in order to find where the Nautilus is, we have to find his tomb, his cave, which happens to be the very first cave they go into. They look in <laughs> one cave. They literally look in one cave, and it's his tomb.
1: Like, oh my god. Like I said, no problem that can't be immediately solved.
0: God. So we get this, we get out of the cave and you know we're in this travel montage of them going towards the thing. But Charlie, we get this crazy clip. I think there's another one we need to play. Because once again, like Planet 51, similar to things we've seen in the game plan, we have The Rock giving his relationship advice to a younger person in the movie. In this case, he's speaking with Josh Hutcherson about his three tips on how to score ladies. Uh, And it concludes in something that's truly remarkable. But I think it is worth us giving a listen to his three lady tips. I've been waiting a long time to have this talk with you, buddy. There are three things that you need to know about understanding girls. Number one, don't follow your instincts. Any other area in life, instincts will get you there, not with women. So whatever you think you should do, do the opposite. Number two... You need to be open, sensitive. Women don't want a man just because he's big and strong and has abs like mine, no. They want a thinker, they want a feeler. They want someone who can understand them. Women want a man who is in touch with his most inner emotions. And the third thing is the most important of all. It's something that women have responded to for thousands of years. Well, tell me. You have got to do this. What is that? That is the peck pop of love. It's so gross. Oh, it's it is so like,
1: aggravating. Because, like, okay, it's not a, not a solid joke, but it is a joke to be like, okay, you know, there are three things that they that women want. And then the third thing is he starts bouncing his pecs. That is a very Dwayne Johnson joke to call it the peck pop of love. But then he goes, come on, throw a berry. Like, yeah. I understand end that it, a peck pop is a thing, but throwing a berry... So the only reason that this exists in this movie is so that Josh Hutcherson can throw a berry at his chest and Dwayne Johnson can pop it off towards the screen, towards your Mm -hmm. 3D-goggled eyes, assuming you saw this in 3D. But, like, it's just such, like, a manufactured 3D thing to do, and it does not service the plot. It's like they had to hit a quota. Of, yeah. of effects in this movie.
0: And then they do it like, I mean, there's like seven of these shots and then Luis Guzman gets in on it. I mean, that's a, it's a five minute scene. Um, I also play movie. like
1: bongos when he's peck, you know, popping his pecs. And it's like, okay, it's like, I guess I wasn't expecting anything more from a movie like this, but come on, at least try a little. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so thankfully we move on from the bongo sequence into another chase. Uh, we, we get we get some giant bees this time, uh, and we are on the, – the whole gang is on these giant bees because they need to make it to the end of the island to find the, the nautilus, and they're running away from birds. Jordan, um, what would you think of the bee sequence, of the bee chase?
1: Okay, Jordan, you and I have been on record against bees for years now. Yes. And this thing is honestly like my worst nightmare, riding a <laughs> bee – like, and it's all, and they had no problem writing bees at all like the bees are totally cool with it and the bees
0: didn't care at all michael Caine even says mounting bees are easy is mounting bees is easy if you don't look in their eyes <laughs> what kind of what kind of quote is that what kind of line is that <laughs>
1: Well, I see now that's a scene I would like to see the time that Michael Caine tried to write a B looked it in the eye and something went horribly wrong. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of the effects are kind of cool in 3D. It may have had a different effect, but it goes on for way, way, way too long. Um, But, you know, so they they finish up with that and they're it
0: only serves right for the for Josh Hutcherson to break his ankle. That's the only reason which is not really even a problem.
1: Well, it's never it, a it, problem. Exactly.
0: A they actually they say something which upset me. He breaks his ankle. They they say that he breaks his ankle, and then Dwayne Johnson says, "Let me pop it back Ooh. in." Which you you don't do that for a broken he's, ankle. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you don't pop it. Well, did he break it or did he dislocate it? Because if he dislocated it, you could pop it in. But yeah, you're right. Um, he's popping pecs and popping ankles. Um, <laughs> but Josh Hutcherson, um, yeah, he like gets carried around by Dwayne Johnson for a little while, but then is like swimming at the end of the movie. Anyway, we're jumping ahead a little bit. We, we do need to wrap this up. But uh, we get a scene where Dwayne Johnson plays ukulele and sings. Once again, another um, movie where Dwayne Johnson sings. He wants to be a singer. And the only song I've really enjoyed from him is the one he did not Be Cool. Uh, I'm still looking for that full music video. If you're <laughs> out there and you have it. I would love to see it. You can send it to rocktalkpod <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, but anyway, yes. so, uh, you know, Luis Guzman goes back to this volcano that shoots out gold because he wants to pay for um, <laughs> his daughter's tuition. And so he disappears in the middle of the night. None of it matters. None of this matters. Right. That's None not of not even this a problem. Like- <laughs> it really doesn't. So, uh, essentially, the only thing I liked about this movie is when they're swimming down to the Nautilus, Dwayne Johnson and Josh Hutcherson, you know, somehow this thing has stayed underwater for 140 years and it's still watertight. Cool. And all the electronics are pretty <laughs> much functional. It's working. But you get Dwayne Johnson in an old timey scuba helmet and I loved that image. Yes. Yes. He looks, you know what? He looks pretty badass. There's this moment he has to
0: like get the electric eel with this spear and he's in this, yeah, old water suit and he looks pretty dope. Um, it, actually, it actually reminds me a lot I don't know if you ever saw this movie, but the old James and the Giant Peach movie where they had to catch seagulls on top of the peach uh, where the, the centipede is like whipping string and catching seagulls so the peach can be lifted up. This <laughs> sequence felt like like a scene for scene okay. remake of that <laughs> sequence for me. I'll
1: have to take your word for it. That's a, that's a deep pull, but I respect it. But essentially, yeah, they're <laughs> able to get the Nautilus working again and they – pick up everybody like it's fine and everybody's just laughing and once again it's not a big deal um and then we go back to uh their home or we flash (laughs) forward and josh hutcherson and and, um and what's her name are dating and everybody is just fine and then they tease another sequel this time another jules verne novel uh journey to the moon that's a sequel that never got made but i don't know i would have seen uh, a dwayne johnson space movie yeah I mean, we're, we're going get to that in yes exactly anyway, it's coming <laughs> we'll just have to wait a little longer
0: oh god rough movie rough movie um but as always i mean that's i do we've gone through this in a lot of detail this we spoke for this movie what is about 50 minutes so far this movie is just over an hour and a half so we've pretty much spoken uh for uh, the length of the actual film um so you're welcome you don't need to go watch (laughs) it um but as we always do we need to give this movie a grade and the way we do that is with our patented our special formula our secret sauce the franchise viagra test franchise viagra
1: (laughs) and as always franchise viagra consists of three tenets and those tenets are hard work charisma and physique If this part of the show sounds a little bit different than the rest of it, it's because we recorded it months later. That's right. (laughs) Watching this movie, trying to record this episode basically broke Rock Talk.
0: Yeah, it kind of uh, ended the show, so to speak. (laughs) Um, We are back. It is about uh, five months later. (laughs) Um, I don't remember much about this movie at this point. I, I can tell you his physique wasn't popping. Uh, it was a kid's movie.
1: It was a kid's movie. He had his shirt on the entire time, so he's gonna fail there. Um, hard work? You know what? The part of this movie I remember the most is Michael Caine. So, I'm gonna say he fails that one too, just because this movie is really slipping my mind right now. He was working hard to piss me off. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, hard work, physique, and charisma. I... I think that this is just like version five of Dwayne Johnson wearing jungle clothes, running around in the jungle. So, and
0: it's the worst version. We have so many great, great moments of Dwayne Johnson in khaki in the jungle. This wasn't one of them. No charisma for me. Yeah.
1: So, one of the rare uh, movies where it fails all three tenets. We think. Yeah, you might if you've just listened to the entire episode and we uh, said things completely contrary to this
0: ranking. Too bad. That's what
1: happened. <laughs> we let this one marinate a little bit in our heads. Uh, and honestly, I think it's an interesting experiment. So this, this will be sort of a one-off Rock Talk episode, hopefully. Um, so when it comes to ranking this this movie, I'm not entirely sure where my rankings stand. Um, but I'm going to say, I'll have to assign it a, a number value later. But I'm going to say this one is probably bringing up the bottom not at the very bottom where where things like Doom and Southland Tales are, but it's darn near close. Yeah, safe to say Journey 2 is kissing the rear end of the rankings. Um,
0: don't know if I have it above or below, G.I. Joe. Um, we'll have to get to our, in a maybe a mini episode, coming soon to a podcast near you. We'll uh, let you know where our rankings we'll
1: re-rank them <laughs> for about the fourth time. Okay, so that that's it for this episode of Rock Talk. Uh, always remember to rate and review us on iTunes. We've uh, come back and looked at some of the the ratings. we there's a few more new ones in there. Maybe we should uh, take a minute to read a couple of them. You know, just to finish up this episode, this episode that's already uh, one of the greats, I would say. Yeah, I think that this one is up there. If we had to put a a best of Rock Talk
0: compilation, you'd probably stick the last three and a half minutes. Uh, somewhere at the top of it, and Charlie, I'm pretty sure we took a look at these like a few nights ago. We've got some weird stuff that's percolated to the top of our reviews.
1: And you know what? I don't, I don't mind it. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna leave us a review, I don't care if it's one star rating. I don't care if it's a five star rating. I'm just glad you're listening. I'm glad you took the time to review. And uh, maybe from here on out, when we get new reviews, we'll read them on the podcast. Yeah, one star review, five star review. As long as it's a five star review. <laughs> And if they are a one-star review, we'll just m- make it up that it is a five-star <laughs> review. All right, here we go. January twenty-first, twenty-nineteen, from Sir Handel. Good subject matter, but and then the last part of it's cut off. I can't look at it. But anyway, it says I love The Rock and his movies, and finds this finds this very interesting. But I wish the hosts would keep their political views to the side. Mm. You know, I don't think that this is a super political podcast. I know we've discussed The Rock's politics, and I think that maybe our politics have poked out but you know what that's just part of uh that's just part of our personality and it's part of everyone's personality so it's gonna happen from time to time i'm sorry uh that those those parts uh don't please you but you know i i think we're gonna keep things the way they are but thank you for the review if you want neutral go listen to the neutral milk hotel
0: oh. <laughs> that's all i have to say about that <laughs> okay
1: and then here we go we have one here uh from marie144 whether you're a bona fide rock fan or not, this podcast is sure to entertain. Better if paired with a steady binge of rock movies, but it's a good listen uh, on its own as well. Jordan and Charlie are two jabronis that I love. Aww. I love to listen to, I think is what it's supposed to say. Break down the highs and lows of the rock's career. Thank you so much, Marie. Marie, I love you too. Yeah, and you know what? Our political views didn't bother you. <laughs> um, and then here we go. We'll just do uh one last one here this one is from cng3 uh i have to say here the rock or sorry i have to say rock talk has become one of my morning ritual during one of my morning rituals during morning workouts i've always been somewhat a fan of a of a d i've always been somewhat of a dj fan with fast and fury series but this podcast has definitely piqued my interest in the entire the rock entity uh, also what better way to motivate myself or hashtag gains besides visualing this real, visualizing this real life demigod mm. thank you so much cng thank you um so it's, it's always nice to hear from you and you know reviews like that that's pretty much what brought us back to doing this podcast again
0: yeah they keep us they keep us going and we'll keep doing this every five months if you uh, <laughs> if you let us
1: <laughs> we'll finish out uh the run of rock talk by you know 2035 <laughs> i think that sounds about right um, but yeah, always remember to rate and view us. Uh, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. At Rock Talk Pod. But not on Facebook. I think we covered that earlier in this episode. For some reason, we got booted off Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg did not answer my emails, <laughs> phone calls, messenger piz- pigeons, or anything. So Oh, but he will.
0: <laughs> All right, jabronis. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Rock Talk.